welcome to My Turn Podcast. Uh, this is a sibling uh, hosted podcast without... No, I'm going to start again. <laughs> so I think that's about time to start. Welcome to My Turn Podcast. The gaming podcast, I can't even speak. <laughs> I told you, no you're drunk jump. on that no, non-alcoholic no alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? Still ready. We are, you are. Welcome to My Turn Podcast, the gaming podcast hosted by three extra competitive siblings and our honorary sibling, Tim. Hey. Hello again, Hi, Tim. Tim. Hiya. <laughs> uh, I'm Jem. I'm the big sister of the sibling trio. I'm Erim. I'm the little sister of the, the sibling trio. <laughs> Just about got that. Uh, <laughs> and I'm Tim and I'm middling in every way. Yes. Uh, Thanks for joining us for another episode brought to you under lockdown in the UK. Um, How have you guys been doing? They've they've eased the lockdowns a bit here. So have you enjoyed anything you haven't done for the last few weeks? Yeah, I went to the park and it rained on me. It was fantastic. Like of all the time, the weather's been so so good for the past few months and then as soon as they start to relax lockdown you know typical british weather it just goes shit <laughs> Rain i have on a much cheerier tale um i i live next to the river next to the thames so went for a little stroll a few days ago when it was nice and sunny and i saw a seal yeah a seal a seal yeah, yeah a seal way. was just bobbing its way upstream going under tower bridge up to say hello, Aww. see lots of wildlife. I'm sort of doing my own live spring watch. <laughs> <laughs> Seal watch. Seal watch. Yeah, exactly. And I've been dressing up like Chris Packham. <laughs> oh, have you? Yeah, I, just I a spiky long wig thing. Uh, Chris Packham is looking rather cool these days. It's like fashion has sort of caught up with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think any man who can sit among bluebells and talk about Camus uh, and be paid to do it on BBC One is is a yes in my book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, Erin, did you understand any of that? I had to Google Chris Packer. <laughs> <laughs> I now know <laughs> that he is an English naturalist. Hang so, on. So you know, very you... well educated me. Are I think you? he's a naturalist, actually, actually, Aram, not a naturist. No, That's I said a naturalist. Point. So whoever listens back to this on the <laughs> podcast will know. <laughs> well, you said naturalist or naturist. One of us is right. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it back and find out. I wouldn't out. bet on me, yeah. <laughs> it's weird that, like, Aram is only seven years younger than us, but he's too young to remember all, you know... What was the... I've forgotten the name of the programme. People who are currently on television. Yeah, people who are currently on television. Do you remember You're who, talking about the really wild yeah, show. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we started this podcast, Erin accused me of being drunk because I was drinking non-alcoholic beer. And now I've had and two sips of um, gin and tonic. <laughs> and also, how many attempts did it take you to get the intro right? Yeah, there, just, there'll be a just, blooper just reel a at the end of this episode. Uh, but this is Good. a gaming podcast, so um, have we been playing games, guys? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We have content then, and that that is important. We have we have not only booze, mm-hmm. but we have content. Um, booze and content. Booze and content. What what more could you want under lockdown? Um, I've got coffee. Haven't you got coffee and water and soup? And soup, yeah. The, All the drinks. The holy trinity Except for alcohol. Right yeah. <laughs> What's <laughs> On the video call, I can see um, a stuffed unicorn in the background of Erin's video and a bottle of... Oh, my God! Red cherry no. or something. 
Look at my sheets as well. They're unicorn ones. I can't see. Wait, them. let me get a pillow. Oh god, this is great audio content. Um, just for our listeners, Look, this is a white linen with purple, blue, and pink stars. And Look, can you see it? A very Yay. pastely <laughs> unicorn with a flowing mane. And so now, even when I sleep, my dreams are magical. <laughs> Amazing. I've, I'm giving away nothing in my background. It's completely white because I do a lot of webinars and I don't want people knowing anything about me. <laughs> Who They've are got you? no idea where I am. They don't know what time zone I'm in. They don't know any of my proclivities, nothing. You are actually wearing what looks like a black roll neck as well. So in full yeah, spy mode. Is it not a fleece? It's Yeah, oh. it's like a fleece thing over a black t-shirt, but it has kind of all merged into one sort of homogenous roll, roll neck looking thing. Yeah, I thought you were going for full ninja vibe there, Tim. It's, it's been known. Yeah. And I know you I like mean, your stealth games. Especially if I journey so. outside with my mask. <laughs> and you know, you know how quietly I creep around as well. Yeah. Tim lived with me for many years, as we've addressed on a previous podcast, and uh, he used to scare the crap out of me. I'd be like making a tea and suddenly he'd be by my shoulder. And I... <laughs> <laughs> but not on purpose. Like and I hadn't heard him. trying to creep up on you. It's just... I mean, I'm very quiet and you're very noisy. So that combination just meant I would appear out of nowhere like a proper ninja in a puff of smoke. Yeah. This is why you're good at stealth games. Very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My natural inclination is just to hide in the shadows. Uh, and then... And, just... then. and then leap out and stab a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Come on. We, we, we can't have death in this episode, can we? Uh, (laughs) i've definitely killed a few people in my game mostly by accident yeah well my my game is sunshine and rainbows no death so we're good (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you if you want to know why we're, we're talking about death uh two episodes ago every game was death themed got pretty dark death cells so what are we talking about today guys erin what are you bringing us today so this is a bit of a nostalgia one for me uh roller coaster tycoon that i used to play when i was a teenager Ooh. um yeah i'm gonna be going over that one of my favorite old like favorite old school games from when i was a little one and tim what are you gonna be chatting about today well, you know I've been variously alternating embracing the plague with escaping the planet. Yeah. So this week it's another escape the planet one Ooh. with deliver us the moon. Yeah, and it's been a right old week, hasn't it? So I don't blame you. Uh, and then <laughs> I'm also doing a bit of escapism with the uh, wonderful Animal Crossing New Horizons. So uh, the theme today is... <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that was a dramatic effect. I mean, I was it's waiting for the chicken, you know, you can talk too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just me, guys, chip in any time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Tim, why don't you start us off today? Tell us okay. about this game. All right, so as I said, it's Deliver Us the Moon. Uh, created by Kyoken Interactive. I played it on the Xbox One. It's also available on PS4, Nintendo Switch, Windows, Linux, Mac. Um, It was initially released in September 2018. And then after some confusion and negative reviews, they pulled it and then they released it again uh, 10 months later in July 2019 after they'd had a bit more backing and support and they managed to properly finish the story. Ah, what were the what were the negative reviews? I mean, they hadn't really finished it. They sort of oh. it was more like they'd done a, a chapter one of a multi chapter game, but they hadn't really made that clear. So people were frustrated that it was ending on a cliffhanger, and they were like, "I thought I bought a full game." But what they did was anyone who had bought it in that original, uh, in that kind of original unfinished way, they said you can have yeah. the full game for free later on. So oh, it's kind okay. of like, I think for them, it That's was them. just a mistake in starting out. They thought they were releasing something that was more like a test game and it took off and then it went bad. So at least they, they rectified it. Uh, 
And um, in a nutshell, uh, what is the game kind of about? Like the gameplay and everything? It's, yeah, it's a single player sci-fi thriller and it's set in an apocalyptic near future where Earth's natural resources have been depleted. So you play a lone astronaut sent on a critical mission to save humanity from extinction by restarting their moon-based energy supply. And you've got to find out why it stopped in the first place. So it's a mix of puzzle solving, first and third person adventure, bits of simulation, and a little bit of platforming. Ah, and it sounds as like there's a bit of um, story intrigue as well there as well. There is. There's a lot of there's a lot of mystery. There's a lot of peril. Uh, there's a lot of atmosphere. Yeah. And lots of lots of character stories that you have to figure out as you go along. So, what were your expectations going into the game then? It looks really nice. I had a quick look at some stills. Mm. Well, that's interesting. So, I think anything that's described as a sci-fi space game, I think you're going to expect laser guns. You're going to mm. expect flying and you're going to expect aliens. Mm. So all the usual cliches. But this played out more in the vein of um, films like Moon or Solaris, where there's ah. a mystery to be unraveled and this kind of pervading sense of loneliness uh, in the void, rather than anything that was sort of Star Wars, actiony, lots of life and, you know, a kind of continuation of humanity. It wasn't like that. And you definitely don't get to shoot up any aliens in this game. Um, so is there any about... combat? No. No, there isn't. There, there, there are moments where you can shoot a laser, but it's not like uh, shooting lasers at aliens. Nothing like that. There are a couple. There, are, there is one little bit with a hostile robot. <laughs> mm. But that's hostile robots. It. Mm-hmm. But no aliens. And what are these it's hostile not, robots doing? It's n- it's not a killing one for once. Okay. Um, I think the other expectations well, is it are that. Is it what? Sorry. Is it malfunctioned? Uh, the robot. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Exactly. Okay. Um, so I knew the game was going to be about eight hours long and I think I've played quite a few of those games at the moment uh, and, and my experience of that is that you usually get a really strong story idea in that time mm. and also it should leave you wanting more mm. uh, you know it's like it's good enough to tell and I, a strong idea of a story but you're not going to be worn out from it by the end and the strong story idea this is why it's timely it's this emergence of a space force that's owned by an earthly nation who are all arguing over the rights to have this space force. Right. And there's a fight for resources okay. going on. And you know that you're fighting for the survival of the human race as like this lone hero. But you also get this sense that there's a lot more going on besides that, that you're not privy to. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me, you're not privy to. And I think that's that narrative tension leaves you really wanting more even after you finish the game because you want to know how it's going to play out on Earth. Mm. Is it like Moonraker? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, weren't weren't they getting resources from the moon and arguing about who had them? Yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) Or or see contemporary US politics. I haven't watched that... um, I haven't watched that new series by Steve Carell on Netflix... But um, it's got terrible reviews, it's isn't it? It's had terrible but reviews. It, <laughs> but I definitely think that's a zeitgeist story that we're going to still see a lot more of. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, so that's a really interesting premise. And it's making me think about things like, did you ever play Turing Test? Yeah. Which long time ago. was really a heavy, you know, it's a heavy puzzle game. But what I really mm. liked about that and what elevated it was the story and the fact that you're, you as the main character didn't really know what was going on until you yeah. progressed and slowly got little snippets. And it was really making me think of that as you were describing it. Yeah, yeah, it is like that. And I think because, you're, because your character's actions are so crucial to mm. humanity's survival but you don't really know what's going on you sort of feel like such a tool like i mean <laughs> yeah. in a literal sense not just a douche <laughs> you're such a tool man mm-hmm. <laughs> oh well no it sounds good so what were the things that you really liked about it tim or even loved 
What did you I, do? Yeah, well, I always say story um, <laughs> this time, and it's because it's what's most important to me. Yeah. But I thought I'd try and focus somewhere else this time. So I don't actually have to. appreciated. No, no I, I want to. <laughs> I want to <laughs> okay. stretch my wings, try something new. Go for it, mate. I talked a bit about the story already now. So, um, yeah, I actually appreciated the simplicity of the graphics. I mean, mm. you said they looked good from what you saw. I thought they weren't stunning. Mm. Um, and, you know, in that they haven't gone down the J.J. Abrams lens flare route. Mm. But it reminded me a bit of early uh, simulation games that I played, where you feel that there's really, there really is this void out there because mm. the graphics just end. Um, but I think it really, it really adds to the isolation of the character that you feel and this cold industrialization of the moon structures um, and this almost total absence of humanity, apart from these little story details that you find as you explore the staff headquarters and you find notes and recordings and these holograms that pop up like ghosts, which help you piece together what's happened before you arrived. Mm. So rather you, than actually, awesome characters, it's things that you pick up like multimedia story. You're beats. seeing, yeah, exactly. You're, you're seeing shadows of the people that have been there before you um, in, in the form of notes and voice recordings mm. and things. So you don't actually meet anyone else that you are, very isolated and the interesting thing is you, you can complete the game more or less without interacting with any of that sort of stuff so anyone playing it I would definitely say take the time to explore because that's how you piece together what's going on right um that's it there are there are these moments where you switch from exploratory third person into this fast moving heart pumping first person it really like that change of dynamic is so interesting from from third to first you feel mm. much more out of control when you're in first person and and that's what it's there to do i think is to remind you that up there kind of in the in the cold oxygenless vastness of space you're not in control at all especially when you start falling through it and you have to grasp for oxygen canisters to survive oh i hate that um, i hate anything where you suffocate in a game it makes me so nervous <laughs> this happens a lot in this game i really um yeah i hate those kind of tri time trial things like even even like old snes games like super metroid when the counter came on i was instantly just like ah super tense yeah. yeah. Um, can I just quickly ask a question? So you, you've mentioned that it's quite story driven, but then you also uh, said about that there's an exploratory element of the game as well. And like, how how much do you get the opportunity to actually explore? Is it still quite linear or is there actually room to kind of walk around and see lots of different things? Like, does it would it appeal to maybe people who, who quite like an open world kind of vibe where they're they're able to just go off in different directions or is yeah, that not who it caters for? No, it's not open world. Um, it's linear storytelling. Uh, the, ch the chapters are completely linear. Most of the chapters you get to explore to some extent. As I say it is, mm. you can go through the game and not interact with any of those um, extra recordings and extra areas. So you have to kind of go and interact with them. You have to go into a side room and find where it yeah. is for example so so is the only problem. incentive of of that side of things just to kind of develop the story for yourself yeah rather than anything to do with completion okay cool yes yes exactly yeah so it um, sounds like this sort so of polar opposite of something like no man's sky i don't did you ever play that yeah yeah i didn't after i heard the reviews of it so that was it's interesting because when tim mentioned that this one came out and then kind of got brought back and then came out again. I think the same thing happened with No Man's Sky. Was that mm. they released it a bit too early and then made a load of fixes and then re-released it. I, th I think that's right. I I'd have to check my facts on that. But I think in a way it's a valid, it's a valid way for some developers to get extra funding. Like if they get to a point in the game where they can't finish it the way they want to, sometimes it is good to do an early release, take the hit, get some money, mm. get some investment and then mm. come back out with it later. And if it's good enough, the gamers will forgive you. Yeah, yeah it does seem to be a, a definite theme now, especially a lot of gaming has updates online that automatically get done um, mm -hmm. as time goes on. I mean, I've definitely come across it quite a few times. And even in the game that I'm going to mention, a later uh, version of it, was released and a lot of people as well critiqued it for not being a complete game but as time has gone on more and more updates have come into it mm. and it's actually become a lot it's like kind of revitalized uh the game 
Hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting Can one. I tell you, oh, go on, go on, Tim, go on. I was just going to tell you a couple more things I love about it before yeah. like, I get pushed on. It's just that <laughs> I also really like that you um, develop a dependent relationship with a little flying drone, which oh. has different Aww. gameplay skills to you. So you can switch between you and controlling it. And even though they don't go as far as giving it a voice, so it's not like a sassy portal companion or anything, mm. it does have character. And I think why they've done that, and what's really interesting, is it says something funny about humanity that we will bond with anything. Like, if there are no other people around, you know, we will create that, that Wilson volleyball. Yeah, I was just about to say because Wilson. That's does it have got. a name? Uh, it has, does have a name, Ace, A-S-E, yeah. Oh, but okay. I, I just think that's a really oh. nice observation about what people need when they're on their own and people have lost their way. Um, and one more thing is just a uh, top mention to the soundtrack by Sander Van Zanten. It's um, it's gorgeous. If you listen to it on Spotify, it's a good four hours. So wow. get involved. Oh. Uh, and it's lots of droning strings and soaring piano. It's really beautiful. Most of the time, it's actually very relaxing, even though you might be floating around running out of oxygen. What he's tried to do is evoke that <laughs> sense of vastness of space rather than your internal panic. And I like that. <laughs> That's for us anxious people then. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So Tim, what were the things, if there were any, that you um, found a a bit pooey about this game yeah so i think the puzzles are quite basic um it's the game is built on a lot of cliches so there's not much surprise going on in a way and although the the checkpoints that you go through if you die are generously spaced mm. it takes quite a while to reload which is always annoying um especially in one section where they put you into first person and you're in zero gravity which is very sensitive and difficult to control and you're trying to move your way through some electric wires yeah and Aww. it's almost impossible to avoid them because you don't know where they are and you don't know where your body is and it's just one of those annoying oversights of a game where you keep dying and you're like this is not my fault i can't see what i'm doing um so that was a bit poo you kind of need Catherine zeta jones in entrapment I mean, look, I was channeling this, but if I don't know where Catherine Zeta-Jones' butt is, I can't avoid that laser. Where is the butt? Oh, the iconic scene, Eric. Again, Eric, it's just gone over Aaron's head. Um... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed. Um uh. Yeah, so is there anything else that you thought was a bit disappointing about it or that you hope to see an improvement on if they are indeed still updating um not really i think it's just that that sort of sense that they don't they've really trod a fine line between are things a little bit too familiar mm. and a little bit too rough versus a feeling of retro mashed together loneliness improvisatory structures so it's quite a fine line and for the most part i enjoyed that but there probably will be some moments where you you wished it had a bit more polish or a bit more surprise to it. Hmm. Nice. So would you recommend this, Tim? And if so, who to? Yeah, I, I think if you feel like delving into a lightweight puzzle solver, then yes. Uh, and then the added moments of action are the most surprising bits because they don't happen very often. Hmm. But if you like quick thinking under pressure, because as I say, you are often running out of oxygen and you have mm. to solve the puzzles quickly, uh, which is why I guess they're not too hard. Then, yeah, have a go. You might enjoy the variety of challenges that they throw at you. Uh, also, as I say, it's very atmospheric. Mm. Uh, by using quite sparse graphics and scripts and a really sensitive soundtrack. And I think that's the key thing for this for me. I think in a way it's easy it's easy to get the wrong idea about what a space game is, as I said with my expectations, because yeah. we've seen so many things where being in space would be just like being on Earth. Mm. You know, there's no zero G. We can breathe freely. We interact with all these foreign species. We shoot things all the time. And it's <laughs> become, actually, like, that's yeah, become the like norm Earth. of what space is. And then to have a game where there's just nothing, there's no people, there's no air, it's just darkness, you go actually that is what space is like for us at the mm. moment so if you're going to do a near future dystopia it's much more realistic so i recommend it for that experience most of all cool which brings us to the rating what would you give this out of 10 
I'm going to give it a generous 8 out of 10 uh, because I really did enjoy it. But as I say, it relies heavily on things I've seen before. But I think the story of humanity on the brink and in isolation uh, is worth a visit now more than ever. Well, that was a lovely roundup there from you, Tim. And um, another one about escaping Earth. And why not? Because, <laughs> quite frankly, we're arseholes. The world is just <laughs> full of arseholes right now. I mean, look, maybe next time I will seek out a contemporary political thriller or a love story or something. I don't know. But at the moment, this is all I'm drawn to. Alternately, like being in the heart of plague horror or just very, very far away. One or the other, no in between. Seriously, don't blame you. <laughs> I think a lot of our listeners will relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, take me somewhere else, please. Who's next? Uh, why don't I go next then? Why don't I... Br- yeah. Why don't- oh, did you want to go next, Erin? You're waving your hand. Yes, please. All right, then. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I also need a potty break afterwards as well. I drank too much tea and coffee and soup and water. Oh, and my all the God. Other things. Have all of those things while you're doing this. Uh, Tim took too long. Uh. Do you mean Tim took too long? We were asking him questions. You asked a lot of questions. I know, and then I got excited, and now I need a wee. It's terrible. Work, work on your, what is the male equivalent of the pelvic floor? Or do you also have a pelvic floor? I bladder? You, oh no, you can't work on your bladder. That's just a sack. Um, because... <laughs> Whoa, hold up. <laughs> that might have to be the title of this episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you can't work on your bladder. It's just a sack. <laughs> I mean, you can't. You can't build up your bladder muscle. Oh, um, something called I, the PC I, muscle. Oh. Something called the I blame, muscle. I you, blame you, my dad. He's exactly the same as me. The P2 muscle. <laughs> no, P, PC muscle. If you PC. clench, if you sort of clench your perineum <laughs> and it, it makes your testes rise a little bit, that thing there, that's what you need to do. And it will do various things for your down below regions. <laughs> so you get space well adventures. Well done. Tim has now broken gem. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you can't you can't say this is not a good value podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so many tips. <laughs> oh my god! Ah, oh, PC muscle. Great. <laughs> All She's right, gonna Eric, go research come on, that now, yeah. Hello, Tim. Can you yes. can you interview so, yeah, Erin, what, Tell me what you're reviewing. <laughs> so, could could we have quiet quiet in the audience, please? Yeah, so Rollercoaster Tycoon, a game from my, like, early gaming childhood kind of time. So, actually, it came out when I was about 10 years old, back in 1999. And it was, I don't think, I have a feeling it might have been a free disc from somewhere that we got. And uh, as a typical kind of child, some days you kind of thought, oh, I don't really know what to do. Why don't I try some games? And there was a few quite a few different ones but this one particularly stood out because um i think about that time we'd recently been to orlando and actually been to disney world and um yeah i really really enjoyed the kind of like roller coaster land place theme park that's what they're called um and yeah came across this this what i booted up and i've been in love with it pretty much ever ever since even though when i first tried it i didn't understand it so yeah, Roller Coaster Tycoon came out in 1999 March. Uh, was originally released on Windows computers, but has since been ported to Mac and quite surprisingly, actually, uh, to Xbox. Apparently, you can get it on Xbox One. No and way. And just a note. <laughs> yeah, honestly, um, just a note. If you are a Mac user and you've upgraded to Catalina, you're fucked. You can't play it. (laughs) I'm very sad about that. I've just upgraded again like a a few months ago and then I realised you can actually get it on Steam. So... Erin, are you really, going to have another really, rant really about how you paid to download something? Yeah, no, I, I checked this it. time. No, 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 no. But it's just, it's such a classic game for me that when I was researching it, I was like, I really actually just want to start playing it again. It's almost timeless how, how good it is and like the impact it's actually had on me. And I'll, I'll come to it 
a bit later, but you know, even now, even though what are we like twenty odd years later, I I still think it, it's a good game and it still holds its own. Yeah. So anyway, what, so we can't talk about your expectations of this, but what is your, what are your sort of earliest memories about it that you liked? I mean, well, when I first loaded it up. It was, you were kind of just left to your own devices. And I think a, a lot of games, you know, the whole tutorial kind of thing wasn't really that enforced in a lot of games. There was a basic one of like how to build a shop, how to build a little bit of a roller coaster. It kind of guided you in the very, very um, like basic introduction of the game. But as soon as that was over, you were pretty much left to your own devices. So... It was a really big kind of like exploratory game. And that's the kind of thing I like. That's why I like open world games. You're left to your own devices and you kind of, you know, you can go in any direction. You can build a theme park that's primarily roller coasters. You can do one that's um, a lot of thrill rides. You can really go to town with the actual design and the landscape of it. And that customizability almost was, it was almost overwhelming to me as a young kid. But I had so much kind of like, I enjoyed the feeling of being able to do whatever I wanted. It almost, you know, it, it almost made me more curious and made me want to kind of discover more and more about it. So it was, yeah, it was a really, really nice introduction to um, some games. I think it was about the same time I started playing Age of Empire as well. So, yeah, that was kind of my my first impression of it coming into it. Mm. Can I, um, I have a confession. Yes. I, I don't think I've ever really played a proper simulation game like yes. like sims and theme park and roller coaster and any of that sort of stuff i don't have any particular reason i just i guess i didn't really ever do it when i was young and therefore didn't carry it on so yeah. my question is are there are there like goals or rules or is it just like a sandbox thing um so there is a story mode and there's basically um different scenarios as you go so you will start off with about five different ones the goals are are quite generic like get 500 people in your park uh build so many roller coasters that kind of thing so there is a vague mission in there and you do have to pay attention to it when you're actually um developing your theme park but there is so much opportunity just to just build it how you want and still be able to achieve those goals so you're not really too dictated in the way that you approach it does that make sense yeah, yeah, it does. I've always sort of wondered about that, I suppose, because um, I always want to know, like, how mm. seriously people will take the strategy of it. I tell you what, I tell you what I'm comparing it to in my mind. It's like, is it yeah. is it an art project or is it like one of those what I think are awful um, <laughs> premiership <laughs> manager games where you just spend the whole time? Doing oh, spreadsheets. no, 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 Wait, no, 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 Cannot tell. I used to love Championship Manager. I love that game. <laughs> so I must admit, admin. Football Manager was like university <laughs> game that you did when you were like, I'm going to start writing an essay. No, let's play Football Manager. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is, it is very different because like I said to you before, you it's your theme park. You get to create it in whatever kind of image that you want to. And as you go... Um, further into the game you can research different things and they unlock different rides different themes so you really just get presented with lots of opportunity to create something that you want to and that's yeah that's i like that freedom it's if you're dictated to too much i find it it can just become old quite quickly mm. uh -huh. and i remember when i used to play it that uh, i i was really motivated by what my theme park looked like i wanted my theme park <laughs> yeah. to look cool and also like yeah. nice, as well as meeting the targets of getting more customers. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is with that, though it's not a really important part of the game, having a presentable park, making sure it's clean and making sure you've got lots of decoration actually contributes to um, the guests' in interpretation of the actual park. Mm. They'll actually comment on things like that. They'll be like, oh, this park is really clean. You can win awards for things like that. So it's not necessary to do that to win, but if you do want to go down that route of really presenting your park nicely, there is some sort of reward there as well. If presenting um, your things nicely is kind of one of your interests, how do you explain that, do <laughs> 
No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Not me. <laughs> I liked just chaos. I liked oh, right. well, one everywhere. could in general, but not you. I think yes, I, that's, yes, exactly. that's more a me question, which we'll come to yeah. when I talk about Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell us what you loved about it the second time around then? The second time I've played well, it so I mean, many, so uh, yeah, many okay. times. <laughs> Most recently. <And> the, <laughs> well, this this is the great thing about it. it. It's easy to come back to. And every time you play it, your part can be completely different. Um, as well, as you get a bit more experience and you play through the missions, you actually develop your own kind of strategy um, as to how you're going to approach, you know, making a successful park. And I quite like that, though I must admit, and I'll come back to this when I mention the poo bits. Once you've got a strategy that works, it pretty much works in, you know, 90 percent of the scenarios. Right. So my my strategy was this basically build one roller coaster. And this this is basically cheesing a game. I'd have one roller coaster that had an automatic launch. So it would just speed off, do a loop, go round, then back into the station it would have quite a decent rating. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, all rides are rated out of 10 for their excitement, intensity, and nausea. <laughs> Lots of people throwing up in this My game. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, if you built a roller coaster like that, it was over in about four seconds. You'd get a load of people in the queue, could charge them 10 pounds or 10 credits, whatever the currency is, and you could just generate money really easily. Use that to uh, build some frill rides and they they'd get you about five pounds a go as well the other thing was if you had an umbrella stand you could charge whatever you want for an umbrella you know people would pay like 50 quid for one so when it rained you knew yeah and people wouldn't go on rides but they'd love buying umbrellas so you could just basically <laughs> adjust by having extortionate umbrella prices so there are definitely ways to take advantage of the game but even still, if if you if you kind of play it not for oh look I'm going to complete the game more for the enjoyment of actually oh I'm going to build a theme park oh what could this be mm. um, you know and and looking at it in that kind of way is still so enjoyable and I think that was actually a note from um, I should have mentioned his name the gentleman who made it which is incredible made by one man Chris Sawyer um, he was more interested in people actually going out to enjoy the game rather than getting the sense of oh i need to complete it and i think that that definitely rings true mm. and i think that's one of the real reasons it is still now um quite a classic sim game Ooh. i'm still distracted by the fact that you used the term cheese in um which <laughs> my understanding of that is that that's when you smell the back end spray of a cat um, I've never heard South Park, <laughs> South, South Have Park you not? taught me that, that that's cheesing, oh. which then reminded me that Cartman owned his own uh, theme park. Oh, yes, he did, wrong. didn't he? And so then I was just picturing you as Cartman riding your own roller coaster. So that's everything oh you said after cheesing, I did not hear. That's all that's been going on in my head. <laughs> but on that note, and this is something that I, I really enjoyed about the game as well. Once you built things, it didn't necessarily mean that that structure is just going to remain there for all time as um, rides age they start to break down more and particularly roller coasters sometimes station brakes could fail and that would actually lead to crashes and um, yeah quite a few of your guests dying and that would cause a huge huge impact on your park um, so you had to be quite death is aware back guys sometimes. death is back <laughs> is it, is it that's exactly what I was saying death is back in the room <laughs> uh, is it no, like Final just Destination a, no, <laughs> it's just a big explosion and they disappear. The other oh. interesting thing is you can actually pick up your guests and drop them in water and drown them. So oh. if you're hey. if you're feeling a little bit, you know, is that <laughs> like so you can sell more umbrellas? <laughs> <laughs> you can kill guests, but it will affect your uh, park rating. But you might get more money, so it's down to you. You know, it's like life. It's a yeah. a choice between kill people and earn more money or be good people oh yeah because there's a problem if the queues are too long isn't there they start to get grumpy yeah yeah so if queues so are too just, long or if it takes them yeah yeah no but if if um queues are too long or if your park's not very well organized and it's hard to get out of you will actually get people 
uh, complain about it. So there is there is that kind of element of you have to be aware of what you're doing. You can't just build for the sake of building, or you can, but then you have to actually, you know, um, kind of adjust your park to stop them from uh, giving you a bad rating. So yeah, very 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 fun game, and even to this day, like I said to you before, um, I'd love to go back to it, and I think uh, it's, there's it's, loads of like it's interesting. online um, yeah. emulators and things like that as well. Yes. Well, this is the thing. I think a lot of other, um, a lot of times they've actually tried to recreate this kind of um, roller coaster or theme park simulator game. I know they had Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, which was almost like a remake of the original, but with just some extra. It was almost like a an, uh, <laughs> an extension of it. And yeah. Unfortunately, since then, the, the franchise has kind of gone really badly downhill. Uh, you should have yeah. a little look at Roller Coaster Tycoon World, I think we're on. But they tried to release kind of equivalent games where um, they released it for mobile apps. But it completely took away from that. It's your theme park. You get to go and do what you want. It was more guided as to where you had to go. And I think they really lost the kind of soul of um, Roller Coaster Tycoon. You might yeah. almost say they've gone off the rails. <laughs> they have, yes. <laughs> yes, Tim. Thank you. So anyway. Thank you. I, Shall I, I leave now or do you need me to stick around? Or... Um, <laughs> Aaron, so is, there I, any, I will... is there any Go poo? On. I mean, obviously, I know there's been vomit, but in the, in the context of your critique, <laughs> no. is there any poo? Not really. I mean, if I was looking at it now, the graphics are a bit dated, but they still hold up well enough. Um, you know, it's not going to obviously be as polished as games these days but I, I actually can't think of any particularly bad bad points really i'm i'm very happy with it all right yeah. good so let's give us a recommendation then anyone who is into simulating games definitely anyone who likes creating their own world definitely um but it's not just like a Minecraft thing where you kind of just build and build and build and build there are set end goals so you do feel like you are working towards something um, but yeah, I think anyone should give it a go. Kids, adults, it's, it's accessible for everyone. So yeah, definitely big recommendations if you can play it. And that leads us to the marks. Your, what do you rate it? I go on. Uh, see now, ten-year-old. Well, I'd, I'd say teenager me would say ten out of ten. As it's dated now, I'd say I'd still say nine out of ten because wow. it, it really has stood the the test of time. Like I said, it was one of my like that and Age of Empires were like the two standout games from when I was younger. Mm. So yeah, yeah, definitely one of my favourites. You love a okay. strategy, don't you? I do. <laughs> I do. Gem, <laughs> I believe you've okay. got not. The same, but something also a bit simulatory. Yeah, not not. I mean, I am actually talking about the most popular game of 2020, kids. That's right. It's Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Yeah. 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 I mean, a bit more enthusiasm, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yet. I don't know whether it's any good. I'll give I've you never my played enthusiasm it, yeah. at the end, all right? But Once you've earned it, I will give you my enthusiasm. No, but it's become a thing. <laughs> like, it's become a kind of... I don't know how to describe it. It's very much the game of the pandemic. Um, it has... I think the figures that have been collected have shown that it is the most played game in the pandemic... Uh, in lockdown. Um, mm -hmm. It's, yeah, as I said, the most successful game of 2020. Uh, but in a nutshell, it's a uh, life simulation video game developed and published by Nintendo. Uh, and it's, I think, the fifth uh, in the main series of Animal Crossing titles. Uh, and it was released only in March, March the 20th of this year. So its release really coincided with us in the UK, certainly being subjected to lockdown, um, which was kind of fortuitous for the game because I think a lot of people that wouldn't have even tried this game, I include myself in that, have picked it up because of how many other people are playing it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, even I who don't play these sorts of games have heard of it. Yes. And it's because friends of mine have been saying, 
oh, I just started playing this, which surprised them that they'd been playing it, and therefore they've told me about it. A couple of people I know picked it up from their kids. Yeah. Um, started playing it because of that, and it just seems to have forget forgive the term, but it seems to spread in quite a viral way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's, that's just. And the thing that I think made this game appeal to a lot of people and certainly caught my attention was the amount of people that I think are quite cool in the public domain who suddenly were tweeting about it or mm. asking for turnip codes. <laughs> um, yeah. Lots of uh, people that I follow who are like filmmakers or creatives or artists that I would that I normally follow for other kinds of more highbrow content perhaps were making a lot of noise about this a, a few weeks before mm. I even thought about buying it and I was like it, there must be something in this other than everyone's bored mm-hmm. so um so did, did you have any sort of further expectations of the game then therefore because of the hype or because of the type of game it was or were you kind of just curious I was really curious and I parted with £45 based entirely on curiosity. Because all I knew was that it was a kind of a, it was kind of a sim game. But because the title's Animal Crossing, I thought it had I honestly didn't know anything about it before I bought it. I thought that it had some kind of like animal herding. <laughs> so that's <laughs> awful. I thought I'd be like yeah. herding Shepherding. sheep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I thought, was Animal Crossing? Like, surely you have to move your animals around, otherwise the title doesn't make sense. Um. <laughs> yeah, like an advanced frog hopper. If yeah, you that. Right, yeah. Get the frog across the Frogger. lily pads and the and the um, alligators. <laughs> yeah, um, I've just realised my chair is really creaky. I'm, so, I'm sorry, listeners. Uh, yeah, so my expectation going in was, well, everyone else seems to like it, and I'm bored, and I'm not. I'm not paying any money to travel, which is one of my biggest outgoings. So um, I was like, well, I need a new game. £45 Mm -hmm. seems like a decent investment. I always buy hard copy games as well. So I always get a a resale. I always do trade-ins. So I was like, I'll I'll pay it. Let's see what happens. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So that was my expectation. Do you want to... Tell us what you enjoyed about it or loved about it first, pers- on a personal basis. Mm. And then I think we should try and unpick why society in general is going crazy for it. Yeah, let's do that. Um, okay. So uh, just really quickly, you go into this game kind of with nothing. You just get plonked on an island and everything else is down to you to build and cultivate. And that's... that. I was like, okay, cool. I'm good with that. It feels really customizable. I feel in control of it. Um, I loved that it had an inbuilt way of stopping me from grinding. So Mm -hmm. that was a really positive thing for me because I thought, right, I'm just going to grind all the chores. You know, these sim games, there's a lot of chores, a bit like uh, with Roller Coaster Tycoon as well. I mean, you're cleaning up litter, and things like that but in this you're picking weeds um you're moving you're allocating housing slots on this brand new island um and you you kind of go in and and if you're like me like i i sometimes with things like that admin based games i quite enjoy grinding it but there's a limit to what you can do in a day certainly in the earlier weeks of the game and that's mm-hmm. actually quite good i think because what it means is it, it keeps people on a bit more of a level playing field certain things mm. won't even be unlocked until you've been playing the game for a week and then a month and then two months and then a year um and i loved how also seasonal the game was so the game works with your you you say whether you're in the northern or hem uh, i can't speak northern or southern hemisphere and then it plugs into your actual date where you, you input the actual date and the actual time. And then you're playing in real time. And that's really nice. I found that mm. might sound weird, but I found that quite mindful. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like they paid a lot of attention to what the pace 
mm. of the game means to your state of mind and your enjoyment of the game and you know how much time you can spend there and and yeah forcing you to take those moments to slow down and just enjoy being there yeah definitely um and then the last thing that i've really enjoyed about the game is it's forcing me to reach out to people that i might not talk to lots but who also have the game and so you Mm -hmm. form a relationship with other players of animal crossing so it's creating its own family and its own community which is lovely that sounds really nice i like that so this so i suppose let's think about this issue of why it's become so popular you know particularly during this moment and and people are sort of recommending it to other people i suppose I mean, I've got thoughts, but I'll open it out to you first, Gem, because it's your <laughs> it's your game to review. What's your take on it? I think this game offers you, while keeping you mindfully grounded in mundane, administrative, if you want, if you want, for want of a better word, tasks, it also mm-hmm. offers you a really relaxing escapism, mm-hmm. and you also mm. have ultimate control over no actually that's not true i'm going to take that back you don't have ultimate control but you have a nice amount of control over how you cultivate build your island community mm-hmm. but the to go back to the mindful thing which i think is is really being good for people's mental health is that you are at the limit of the seasons and also the game just holds stuff back from you. As I said, so you just can't continually grind it, mm-hmm. which is nice. So even with things like mm. fishing, finding bugs, planting flowers, it's completely seasonal. Yeah. And that's really nice. With that as with that as well, does that stop you from um, like investing too much hour, hours into the game in one go that you become kind of like hooked? You know how some games you can't put down you could just rinse yeah. hours and hours and hours I with that I limit there as well does it your pp break <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry no, forgive me everyone <laughs> so the game stops a certain level of grinding you can do a bit but the game prevents you from doing an excessive amount with the time okay. it takes for things to regrow um the fact that you need to earn currency in order to do certain things and that that takes time because you have to either harvest things or collect things or trade um yeah and it it, is so sophisticated it's so cool like you have your own bank account you take out a mortgage (laughs) like it's Mm -hmm. i think if i was if i was a parent and i had Mm. this with my kids I feel like I'd be really happy that it was teaching them something about the way our capitalist system works. Because, <laughs> but in a in an ideal capitalist world, I guess, in that you are literally With sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, but you are literally repaid for your work rather than yeah chance. If that makes sense. Yeah. It is sort of playing out capitalist ideology, I guess. I guess. (laughs) You you mentioned a thing there, which uh, I I think ties into why I think it's probably hit a nerve. Because I think there's a lot of things we could do for escapism. Mm. You know, if if we're just seeking escapism, we can watch films, any type of films, fantasy films. We can read a book or whatever. Mm. But the thing is, with those, you're entering a world that someone else has created. And I think with this... What it's, t- what it's tapping into is the idea of utopia. And I think we've mm. been so inundated with dystopic fictions yes. and visions and, you know, Black Mirror being super popular for a while. Now even Charlie Brooke has gone, I just don't think the time's right to make any more of those. I think what people are re- seeking is a realistic um, uh, example of utopia instead. And the thing about utopia is it doesn't mean the perfect place. No. Um, when Thomas More wrote the, the book originally, Utopia... Um, it means no place in Greek. So he created an island called No Place where he experimented with different forms of political rule and economy and mm. stuff and said, let's try it out and imagine what could be. And then there was an, there's another form of utopia called, uh, it's still utopia, which is what's confusing, but it's spelled E-U rather than just ah. U. And that is the ideal place. 
So we've come to understand this imaginary no place of experimentation as the ideal place, which isn't true. But I think that's what people are seeking out now is a chance to think, what if we just started again? What would it look like? Yeah. Yeah, and, it, it, you know, it's. I think that I haven't been to many people's islands. Um, I went to a friend's island tonight and... But I've what I like to watch a lot of stuff online. I like to watch the the way other ple- people have cultivated their islands and the way they've designed them, and they're so um, personalised. Mm. Like you can, I've seen some really goth islands. I've seen <laughs> islands that are like goth islands. I, yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. There's gargoyles and like black <laughs> oh, really? And, yeah, <laughs> I I even. Um, there's a really cute thing that happens, which I think is one that is really sums up the, a nice thing about the game, is that every now and again a balloon just flies over your island with a present attached to it. Aww. And all you have to do is just get your little um, slingshot. Is that what it's called? My brain is gone. <laughs> <laughs> your slingshot. The one with the stone and the string. Yeah, thing? that's the one. Why can't I yeah, think of slingshot. words? Um, gin and tonic. Drunk. That's why, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're nearly there we're nearly there yeah but (laughs) like that is so cute and it even says Mm. in the game we don't know who's leaving all these presents isn't that nice (laughs) it's so cute and there's an inbuilt thing in the game where you can gift other characters presents to the point where you can even buy wrapping paper in the game inbuilt game currency wrap your presents Mm -hmm. and give them to your friends it's so cute. Oh. So, <laughs> oh, this it sounds, sounds like such a positive game. Beautiful is there, and uh, lovely. Is there anything poo at all about it? Um, I was in danger of getting bored of it because for for quite a while I signed up to be able to play online. So I paid my Nintendo subscription to go online. And then no one was ever online at the same time as me. So I was getting a bit bored of just being on my island because hence watching all these little videos of other people playing on islands. <laughs> and they do kind of call it that. Like people come over to play. Mm-hmm. It's so Aww. cute. It's so cute. But um, now that I've kind of I've kept reaching out to people, I'm starting to like go on visits and stuff, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. I've heard that people are using visits, like not only to socialise, but to, to have work, work meetings. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Tim. A lot of people are having conferences in Animal Crossing. <laughs> this is a thing. <laughs> they're having meetings, they're having conferences. Um, the Nintendo app is pretty cool, actually, on your phone, because you can type messages on your phone and it will go to your character's phone. Your fa- character's got a smartphone. Mm-hmm. And it will just sync to that. And so you type stuff on your phone. I was doing it tonight when I was playing with my mate. And then it goes to your character's smartphone and you just talk to each other. And there's also uh, voice messaging. So you can voice message mm-hmm. each other in game, but on your mobile. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot you can do basically in the game. And uh, I read an article today, actually, to, uh, Tim and Aaron. You'll find quite interesting. Sex yes. workers have been using Animal Crossing to retain uh, their clients and also make an income in these tough times for sex workers. So um, there's an article written by someone who makes their money as a dominatrix. Um, And so interesting. (laughs) I cannot imagine. Our whole community are on there making people pick weeds on our island. Oh. <laughs> and that's the way we're dominating dominatrix them. in the cutest cutest yeah. fashion <laughs> and then their clients are that's paying so them cute. for the honour of like tidying their islands up and doing <laughs> landscaping for them oh my god <laughs> how that's amazing so is that that's amazing so I actually I do have a friend who has had work meetings on uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 online as well oh. they meet around the campfire <laughs> So they like they have their daily stand-ups at the campfire That's instead nice. of you know getting on Zoom or whatever. It's a, it's a I think it's a it's a really nice way to use games, but I think it's also clearly a gap in the market for the mm. communications apps that we don't necessarily just want to look at each other's faces all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, a friend of mine, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop in a little segment from her into this episode a bit later. She's been obsessively obsessively playing Sims Four, 
which is another game that's had a massive uptake under lock- lockdown. And she confessed when we were chatting the other day that um, she's been playing Sims 4 while <laughs> being in meetings. <laughs> because she finds, like, I guess, the tedium of everyone else <laughs> too yeah. much. So it's like, let me just let me just sink into my Sims. But I'll let her explain uh, a bit more about why Aww. she does that. But yeah, so remove remove she- the um, remove the obstacle. Just do it in the game, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we should probably head towards a conclusion. Yeah. Do you want to give us your recommendations and then on to Mark's all in one go? Yeah, so <laughs> if you have a Nintendo Switch, I highly recommend this game. Um, if you want something to just relax with, it's so relaxing. Don't expect, like, don't expect to going and boss the game. It's it's not about that. It's about having another cam, a kind of blank canvas, I guess, that you can't have in in this life that we're living at the moment under lockdown, um, and being really creative and expressing yourself while also having this really nice sense of community. You really feel like in this game that people have got your back. So if you're seeking that feeling and you have a Nintendo Switch, just buy the game. Become part of the community. It's lovely. Um, and I would give this game a 9 out of 10. I, I think it's really cute. Oh, it's really amazing. lovely. Um, yeah. Can I just say, like, just listening to you <laughs> talk about my it. applause and enthusiasm. <laughs> you know just uh, I yeah. caught sharks for the first time the other day. Oh my god! One more thing I have to say. I have to say. Guys. Um, the, oh my! I completely forgot my favourite thing about this game is you have a museum on your island. Like everyone gets a museum, and you catch uh, bugs and fish and collect artworks and fossils, and all of that gets displayed in your museum. And the aqua—it's all really cool. Everything, every part of it is really cool. But the aquarium. I sometimes just go to the aquarium to chill out. Aww. It's so gorgeous. <laughs> it's so beautifully rendered. Uh, and I caught some sharks the other day and that made me really happy. <laughs> Free really, that's all I'm saying. Free that way. Honestly, though. even just listening to you talk about it has actually filled me with a lot of optimism in, in these very dark times. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds very, very What, are you good. saying my end of the world moon trip didn't? <laughs> <laughs> no tim hey and if you play it Elijah i'm glad we did your game last buy turnips sorry i over i talked over you that's all right all oh, i heard was turnips, turnips. <laughs> i said elijah wood might come to your island and buy turnips i think everyone's hoping he'll do that after he famously did that to someone came and bought turnips hung out for a bit right okay i'm glad i'm glad you explained that because i felt like i for a moment then i hope you not heard this no the reference went over uh, me this was one of the most famous sort of celebrity interactions on animal crossing that uh, like someone i can't remember his gamer tag it was like e wood or something uh replied to someone's request uh, some people post on twitter all the time got turnips this amount Turnips are the currency for the stock kind of stock market. I think it's called the stock market. Can't remember mm-hmm. in the game. Uh, and so someone had a turnip code, or Elijah would post it. Has anyone got a turnip code? And then he turned up at someone's island, during which time the person realised it was Elijah Wood. They had a little chat, and then then he, off he went, bought some turnips. Elijah Wood. Well, that that's Aww. a turnip for the books. <laughs> turnip for the books. <laughs> I've done it. I'm gonna go now for real. I've done enough. <laughs> Tim's what? on fire today. <laughs> what happened? Oh, don't tell me you just missed that beautiful pun. Yeah, because my headphone came out. <laughs> oh. oh no! I was wondering you why you were. Li- you're gonna have to listen back to the oh, episode. No! I'm not repeating it. Yeah. No, the timing was beautiful. I'm not doing it again. You've ruined it. Go home. Oh my god, guys. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. <laughs> I have to say, today I've had one song in my head, which is um, Go on and jump to the beat, jump. Who is that by? What? Say um, say that again? I, I didn't even make that out. Jump to the beat. Jump. Come on and dance with me. <laughs> Stacey Lattisaw. Uh, that's not an Australian pop artist, is it? 
Um, <laughs> and like, yeah, edit. Oh, no, hang on. Oh, I know why you're thinking Australian. It was, it was covered by Danny Minogue. Ah! <laughs> three out of three. We've done it. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> if you've listened oh, to goodness. our previous episodes, you'll understand why this is relevant. Um, <laughs> but I've had it in my head all day. Um, <laughs> Erin is there with Tumbleweed. Anyway, we should say goodbye. Thank yep. you so much for tuning in. Um, if you do listen to our podcast on iTunes, please, 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 if you are happy and willing to do so, give us a five star review just because it helps us get uh, pushed to the top of search lists. Otherwise, uh, independent podcasts that just get lost. Um, we don't have any sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah so um but if you're enjoying this content i think tim's contribution uh has just ramped it up to uh given it a few gold stars so i think it's, it's excellent now <laughs> <laughs> i deserve at least one star one star yeah but um yeah, please just even share it and um yeah drop us drop us a message we're on twitter we're on instagram and uh, yeah, I hope uh, you're all okay. It's been a tough few weeks. Uh, <laughs> play more games. Uh, so that's bye from me. Bye from Erin. And bye from Tim. Bye, thank you very much. Thank you, bye. 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 bye.